You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. I said to listen to the word of God today. A door of utterance has been opened unto me, and I hear the voice of God clearly speaking to me. This is the way to go, walk ye in it. I listen under the influence of the Spirit of God, and I am not distracted by anything or anyone. The Word of God is food to my spirit. I am strengthened by it this morning. It is wine to my heart, created joy within me. It is oil to my face, causing my life to shine, giving me victory in everything that I do. As my eyes make contact with the scriptures used in this message, the Spirit of God opens new things to me. He also brings to my remembrance things Jesus once showed me. I come to understand God's system on the earth, and I receive instruction, encouragement, correction, and the enablement to live out God's will. Amen. The Bible tells us that we are kings or we are priests and we are also kings unto him. Uh, Our priesthood is our service to God and our kingship is the demonstration of of grace in what we'll term the marketplace. So we demonstrate grace in the marketplace. Our priesthood is our service to God. Our our kingship is the demonstration of grace in the marketplace. Now, because we are faithful in our priesthood, uh, we shall be highly productive as kings in the workplace. In other words, faithfulness in your priesthood, the way God designed it, shall translate into fruitfulness in the marketplace. Really and truly, uh, nobody should be as productive as us in the marketplace because they don't participate in the priesthood that we actually participate in. So the nation of Israel understood this, that if they went out into the marketplace in battle and they lost, there was something wrong in the priesthood. If they went and their crops were not bringing forth as they should, then they understood that there was something wrong with the priesthood there. Now, the link between uh, the priesthood here, that's the service of God, and being productive in the marketplace is joy. And I believe that joy is a major missing element in the hearts of good Christians. In other words, Christians that are faithful in, uh, the, in uh, their priesthood. Uh, there's a scripture that says that because you have not served me, if you can pull up that scripture, with gladness and joy for the abundance of all things. He talked about the curse, I think it's Deuteronomy there, that will come upon them because of that. Now, but joy is the key. Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness 
and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. It says, therefore thou shalt serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee. He said, because your enemies serve him with gladness, all right, verse 47, with joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, he said, then you serve your enemies. Now, research, all right, from University of Warwick that has been carried out shows that about happiness. Uh, carried out by economists, they have seen just observing people in the workforce and in the marketplace as to the level of their happiness and the level of their productivity. And they said that those who are happy while they are working are 12% are more productive, all right, or are 12% more productive than others. There's just natural happiness. That they worked better. That happiness increases productivity because it leads to higher engagement. That is, the people who are happy at work are more engaged with the clients. Happy, all right, so happy employees are more present at the job, not absent-minded. Their hearts are more involved in what they are doing. They pay more attention to the needs of the customers, and they are more alert to the company's processes and systems. They found out that people who are happy, that's just naturally speaking, they're happy. Uh, that's why an alcoholic beverage has used the joy, all right, as their selling point. And what they say must have been well-researched. Blood, sweat, and tears may get you there, but it's only joy that can take you further. And so what they try to do is to associate that alcoholic beverage with making people joyful, and then they said that they have discovered that people that are joyful, all right, when people get to a certain limit, these guys just move ahead. Now, what they have done, all right, is what we find in Ephesians, where it says, don't be drunk with wine wherein it's excess, but consider you being filled with the Spirit. In other words, what they are trying to produce with alcohol is actually only the Holy Spirit who can produce that particular thing within the hearts of people, and that will take them, and we're going to see this, in leaps and in bounds. And they will grow and become, which means when they get into the hard places, where talent has, has, has gotten to, hard work, that joy is that spiritual force that will take people much farther than where they are. So understanding this, let's read Joel chapter 1 and verse 7 and verse 12. Joel chapter 1 and verse 12. It says, the vine is dried up. The fig tree languisheth. Pomegranate tree and the palm tree also. 
The apple tree and even all the trees of the field are withered. Now, why is this so? It says, because the joy is withered away from the sons of men. So he says, the prophet says, I went into, and what they had then was an agro-centered economy, which means it was built on agriculture. So I entered into this person's business entity. Every facet of that business had withered away. What was once a very viable, thriving supply line got there and everything was rusty and dusty. And then I said, what happened here? And God revealed to him that all these things that withered away on the outside was a direct result of joy inside the hearts of the people or the set man there that withered away. So what we are going to see is that when Satan attacks a person, what he wants to do is to steal your joy. That's why the scripture says that once the test comes, the first place you should go is count it all joy. That is the counter-attack to what Satan is doing. He is not talking about taking things on the outside. Listen, if he takes things on the outside and you are full of joy, he knows he has lost. In fact, he tells us in Psalms, pull up that scripture, he says, you have put gladness in my heart more than the time where their own corn, and he says this, and their wine was increased. More gladness has been placed inside my own heart when they actually made, all right, progress on the outside. The scripture there, it says, Thou hast put gladness in my heart. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time their corn and their wine has increased. So it's not about external things changing. It's that on the inside. So if what we are saying is right, that it withered away because joy withered away from the hearts of people, then anybody who has real spiritual insight now, we're talking about marketplace now, will understand that going to work sad is a terrible thing. Doing business as a sad person, you've already lost out. So if you are going to change, now follow me, what I'm going to show you. You want to change things on the outside, let's first of all work on joy level. Habakkuk 3 and verse 17. That's why no matter what happens, don't lose your joy. I want to show this quickly. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall the fruit be in the vine, which means chaos is going on, same situation. The labor of the olive shall fail. Those who went out to work came back with nothing. The fields yield no meat, and the flocks be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no head in the stalls, which means no money in the account. Look at what his response was. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, and I will joy in the God of my salvation. Next verse shows the changes that will happen. 
The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like the hind's feet. The hind is a type of animal that can climb with the four feet, which means it's almost like you're saying a four-wheel drive. You know, if, you are, if they put a sandy area, they will ask, are you four-wheel drive? Or is your car two-wheel drive? If it's two-wheel, don't go there. You can't come out. It's only four-wheel that can go there. Listen, there are some places that it's only four-wheel drive people that can succeed there. Do you get what I'm saying? Which means this four-wheel drive here is that once you kick joy in, you're on four wheels. You will ride up. We will climb up the high places. While others are going down, you will just start going up. So these animals, they stay very close to these mountains. Any attack from any animal, pa, 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 say, follow us. So the distinction always comes in that adversity. And the way God has designed the covenant is that our distinction will show in the time of adversity. Let me repeat. The men are separated from the boys in adversity. Seven years of abundance, there was no divine distinction. Seven years of famine, Joseph's star showed. When there was no famine in the land, Isaac was not known. Famine came in the land, Isaac reaped a hundredfold, nobody got anything. God severed Jacob from the inheritance of his father so that he will go into life and face adversity. Joseph was severed from the wealth of his father, so he will go in. Adversity is our place for distinction. But the problem is people get sad. People enter into what is called the sorrow of heart because they think that as a Christian, we are not supposed to. This is where, this is the place where we are to demonstrate. We're going to say there's that. Now, let me show another step here as we go on here. Because it's not magic. If a place or a plant and all of that dry up, and you go to a garden, and everything is dried up in that garden, what are you going to tell them? Water this place. Isn't that what you're going to say? Just begin to water it. Okay? So if the vine and everything has dried up, it's because there is no water. Isn't that what it is? Isn't that what it is? Okay. Isaiah 12 and verse 3. He says, God is my strength. Therefore, with what? Joy. Shall you draw what? Water. Out of the wells of what? Salvation. In other words, the water you are going to pour to cause the thing to start flourishing is with joy you draw it. Joy is not that water. But it's with joy you draw water. The water is something else, and I won't show what the water is. Do you get what I'm saying? Joy is the bucket through which you will access that water and draw it out. And when that water is drawn out and the water has access to what you are doing, then it begins to flourish. Are you following what I'm saying? So if you lose your joy, you lose your access to the thing. It's like you have a well, and it's exactly what happens. And the well is deep. And as they ask Jesus, how are you going to draw out of this place? It's deep. 
What it tells us in, in the book of Proverbs, I believe, for instance, Psalm 29, counsel in the heart of a man, Proverbs there, is as deep waters. But a man of understanding, pull the scripture out, the man of understanding will draw it out. Cancel in the heart of a man is as deep waters. Quickly, all right? Okay? Cancel in the heart of man is like deep water. But a man of understanding who knows that this thing is drawn will do what? Will draw it out. So what happens is, cancel as you begin to rejoice starts welling up. Cancel, which is wisdom. Knowing exactly what you are supposed to do. So what happened was that there was farming in the land and everybody, nobody went out to farm because they said there is no rain coming from anywhere. You are wasting your time if you're going to farming now because everywhere is dry. Joseph went into a time, all right, or Isaac, of rejoicing. And as he started rejoicing and counted it all joy, cancel welled up on the inside of him. And he knew exactly where to access water to get the stuff done. Jacob went out of his father's house with all the wealth. And then you are now sleeping on a stone. People will go into depression. Do you get what I'm saying here? Joseph was kicked out of his father's house, betrayed. People will go into depression. You see people with long faces because in an office somebody betrayed you. My friend, I'll show you something here. Look, 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 my friend. Look at what Paul said. Paul knew what was going on. Acts chapter 20 and verse 22. Look at what Paul said. Acts 20, he knew that this is how, this is, this is how you end the person's career. He said, now behold, I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Next verse. Save the Holy Ghost witness in every city, saying, bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my, my life there unto myself, so that I might finish my cause with joy. In other words, once joy, if you allow those things to affect joy, you stop. You don't finish your journey. Many careers have been defeated because they have lost joy based on the treatment that somebody gave them. They were skipped in two promotions and they lost their joy. Instead of counting it all joy, and what will have happened was cancel will have come out of their heart. As deep water will have welled up, they will have gotten a breakthrough in their mind. So you have any purpose you are going for, Satan says, I'm going to attack. Once he attacks you, just understand this. And, and that, that's what we're going to say in Romans 4. Uh, the Bible says they staggered not at the promise of God. We're still going back to faith. Through unbelief. But was strong in faith, giving glory to God. In other words, he was rejoicing. So the attack comes, and that attack wants you. But you are at the verge of a significant breakthrough. Let me explain to the Christian. God is not removing the trouble. You will remove the trouble. That's what was telling Paul. Paul said, for this thing I besought the Lord, let it depart. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. You're, you are weak in certain areas. 
When you are strengthened there, you will get rid of the issue yourself. He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for he has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemy. That table is not on the outside. He says, he has anointed my head. All right, it goes on. My head with what? Oil. That means my brain has started receiving ideas. That means my bed. And because of the oil that entered my head, my cup started running over. There is nobody who is operating in abundance except you are in a rent-seeking economy where you are getting government contract as a middleman. Every other person is creative ideas. Your head is anointed with oil. That anointing wants to get into your head because of the pressure, which means it's not take me out of this place, but anoint my head. Once the head is anointed with oil, then the cup is going to do what? Run over. What did Job say in Job 29? Job 29 verse 1. He said, oh, I wish I were in my days past. He continued his parable and said, verse 2. He said, oh, I wish I were in my months past, when the, with the days when God preserved me. Verse 3. He says that, verse 3. When his candle shined upon my head, when by his light I did what? Walked through darkness. Walked through darkness. Psalm 18 and verse 33. Psalm 18 and verse 33. He maketh my feet like the hind's feet and setteth me. Upon where? The high places. And when does your feet become like the hind's feet? When he says in Habakkuk, he says, though all this did not happen, yet shall I rejoice. And then he made my feet as the hind's feet. And pam, pam, pam. Because you are drawing wisdom out. You are drawing wisdom out. In other words, God begins to teach you. I believe God taught Isaac. Same thing with Jacob. God taught him. Didn't you see how he was able to do with the animals? He was taught. This is not luck. He was taught. But when Laban was cheating him, if he had affected his spirit, the Bible says Mary had dwelt good like medicine, but a broken spirit is dryness to the bones. In other words, he wants to break your spirit so that you become dry, your bones now become dry. That's what he's trying to get. Hey, Mary had to do it good, but he broke it. He's trying to break his spirit there. Which means, hey, you get in place, you are sorrowful. And all of that, and then you are looking and down, and then you think, well, you know, people, and then you can't access that light again. Darkness is now there. So it's with joy that we're going to draw out this wisdom. All right? Proverbs chapter 20, verse 18 tells us about counsel that we get. Every purpose is established by counsel. Every purpose is what? Established by counsel. So you get into the hard places and you get counsel and the purpose is established. All right? It says, so shall the knowledge of wisdom be to your soul when you have found it. There shall be a reward and your expectation shall not be what? Cut off. There's a difference between knowing the promise and knowing the counsel on how the promise will happen. You can know that God will supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. If you don't have counsel, you'll be frustrated. You'll be walking around doing the one H feast, pacing up and down, saying that God shall supply all my need. And you'll see the empty pots. And you say, will you move the empty pots so I can pray properly? 
and they will take the empty pot, which is the solution to your problem, far away from you. And the water you are to pour into the place, you will be using to wash your hands, not knowing that you are wasting the miracle. Without cancel, there will be a promise. I will feed the multitude. Your heart will go to feed the multitude. Somebody will suggest to you, we need 200 penny worth, and you also will go and start looking for money. Somebody else will say, let them depart and go and buy their victory. You too will say, everybody be going. But the person who has cancel doesn't just have the promise. Do you get what I'm saying? Has the method. So God starts with the promise, and when the pressure comes, he said, if you will hear his voice, if you will hear his voice, that's why he tells us, I'm still going to get to you in Romans 4 there. He says, according to that which is written, a father of many nations have I made thee. That's Romans 4, 17. According to that which was written, a father of many nations have I made thee. That was what was written. But when we get to verse 18, he heard the voice of God. He says, who against hope? According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. He says, if you will hear his voice, that voice that will teach and guide you, harden not your heart in the day of provocation. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.